Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Hey, how you doing boys? Yeah, good chief. It's happening. Been two long weeks. It has, it has. That's mainly because we are now trying to uh, drink less <laughs> and uh, it's uh, our contribution to better health. Yeah, but we're not uh, supporting small business. Right? <laughs> 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 we need to support the people who support us. Uh, okay, so so what do we start with? What do we start with this week? Well, I'm the only one who brought the white. So. The white specialist? We've had actually a, um, maybe we, you can't say white anymore because it's it's racist. Oh, fuck, very the racist. Lives matter. I don't um, know. <laughs> because it's actually the wine's not white; it's clear. So maybe we should have called it clear yeah, and red. Clear. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. All right. So Call we've gone back to we've had a couple of these wines on here before from Cockfighters Ghost in the Hunter Valley. We've had their Reserve Chardonnay. I think it was a 2016, and we've had another one. Can't remember what it was, but I was just about to. Um, I was actually a bit disappointed in the selection today. I was about to walk out of the bottle shop and then this caught my eye. More so for the year than anything, it was the oldest wine I could find. It's a 2015 Chardonnay from Cockfighters Ghost, so we'll have a little bit of age mm. to it. Um, it's true. It's going to be between the two of you, right? I remember that now. Now that it's just said that it's going to be between the two of you, right? No, well, I mean, 2015 wasn't world-renowned as a great year, but... Um, especially in the Hunter Valley, it's usually 14 or 17, but we'll give this a lash, guys, and uh, see where we end up. Absolutely. All right, let's do it. So how was your week, man? What happened last yeah, week? You good. had to move your dad? Yeah, well, that, or everyone knows dad's in a nursing home. My sister had been living in the house for uh, about 12 months while she built her new home, right. and her new home's finished, and um, she asked for a hand just to clear out all, you know. <sighs> She's a handy sister, so she was living in there rent-free? Uh, and she yeah, just yeah. asked for a rent-free hand too. I mean, a free hand. <laughs> yeah. No, she was. But by the same token, when um, Dad needed help, yeah. uh, she moved into home for a while, and uh, her good. home was being rented out, and the rent was going to help Dad. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, nice. Oh, that is good. Yeah, that's nice, man. That's nice. That is very good. So yeah, just had a skip in, had to clear out all the stuff that you accumulate, all the. I don't know. You know, I don't know what it is. I think there's uh, Seinfeld episodes or some episode on one of the sitcoms. There's every man has a collection of timber that they're going to use one day for something that they've gotten from somewhere. Yeah. My dad had bits of timber from I got no idea, and jars of screws and oh, it was, I don't think it was Seinfeld. I don't know what. I wouldn't have been Seinfeld. It was one of the other shows. I watched every episode of Seinfeld Raymond or something about like 400 that. But, times, uh, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, you've just had to clean oh. out the place and filled up a skip bin of all the stuff. And wine's yeah. good, boys. Yeah, usual stuff. Wine's good. It is a nice what drop. Can we go politics real early and then get yeah, it out yeah, of the yeah, way? Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Right? Why not? Why not? So, mate, I, I can see it. He's ready. He's ready. Oh, what are we talking about? Say that oh, again. I just want to get a bit of politics out of the way. Yeah, early. there's a few things that I'd like to speak to you about. More questions than anything, but go for it, Cam. I'm a bit. Um, so, Victoria and Queensland. Yeah. A bit of shit's happened this week, which. At the start, when, when all this stuff first started, we made a lot of grand statements and a lot of predictions and we were angry about it. Uh, but even as we were ranting and raving about it, in the back of my head I was thinking, surely it'll never actually come to that. I'm like, surely if it looks like we're going to get to that point where they're starting to dictate to us and, and turn into a communist nation, someone will rise up and stop it. And I thought, it hasn't happened. And this week, uh, Daniel Andrews has been caught out lying about why... He, implemented the 8pm curfew in Victoria. So he said it was on health advice. Well, the health officers come out and said, I never gave him such advice and I wouldn't back a curfew on health reasons still to this day. So he's just locked people up in their houses from 8 o'clock at night because he can. And then today, the operative word being today, hang on a sec, yep. I saw, and then we've bagged mainstream media a lot, so I preface this with saying um, it did come from mainstream media, but the Today Show ran a piece this morning from Queensland where there's a guy dying of cancer. He's probably going to be gone before Christmas and the Queensland government has rejected his kids being able to come and say goodbye to him. They've told the family that they have to choose one of the three children. Only one can come and say goodbye to this dying guy. 
And it actually, instead of making me angry, I got, I got a bit sad about it because we've actually gotten to a point where I, even though we're ranting and raving about it and predicting it to some extent, I never actually thought we'd get there. And we're fucking there. Mm. Like the, the Queensland, there's 400 people just flown up from the AFL who are having the time of their life. Tom Hanks flew in on the same day that they said no to these kids going across the border. Last week there was a baby die because they got rejected at the Queensland border trying to get to a hospital and had to drive six hours south and the baby didn't make it. The boarding school kids aren't allowed to go home over Christmas even to farms in New South Wales where there's no cases of coronavirus. And man, what Daniel Andrews is doing down in Victoria is... is Fucking criminal, and, and it, it appears we're there, man. Like, thank God we're not there in New South Wales yet, but are we? Like, yeah. can we? Yeah. And it, it's a bit, um, I thought it was a bit sad more than anything. Not angry, because the time for anger has passed. I think we should have stood up, a lot more people should have stood up a lot earlier yeah. on before yeah. it got to this. But, yeah, I mean, we knew Palaszczuk was being as tough as she was. Well, we thought it was just for the election, but now she's undone all that because the Queenslanders are blowing up yeah. the larks. There's pushback from the from the locals now, from Queensland. Well, yeah. yeah. So Big time. That's, my, um, that's what I wanted to get out of the way early. I know yeah. it's a bit deep to start on, but, guys, what, where are we heading here? You know, with the... Um, with the curfew, APM curfew, is that only allowed because he's enacted the state of emergency? He made it as part of the state of emergency. He, they, they, from what I understand, they decided what goes into the state of emergency yeah, and whatnot. Well. The curfew wasn't. There's not a book that says state of emergency. This is what's involved. Yeah, it's right. we're going to declare a state of emergency, and this is what we're going to put in it. Yeah, and no one's told him to do it. And so now the, they hit him pretty hard yesterday on it and he, he didn't have an answer and today he's kind of saying, oh, well, it just makes policing easier because now it's easier to find people and arrest people for breaching COVID laws. Like it's actually, I don't know what the right word for it is, whether it's communist state or, or whatever, what he's created yeah, there. dictatorship or whatever, yeah. But I mean, and I don't know the economic figures for Victoria, but they would be proper fucked. Yeah. as far as their economy and the amount of businesses and all the other stuff we talked about, the suicides and the... The, all the other bullshit. He's been caught doctoring numbers, holding off case numbers one day to make the next day larger. He's yeah, well. he's gone from talking about flattening the curve to now they're not allowed, they're not going to ease restrictions until they have five cases a day for two weeks straight. Like he keeps changing. I don't fully understand. I'm not smart enough to fully understand the ramifications. I just know it's not good. It doesn't make me feel very good about it. I never thought we could get there in Australia, but we have. Don't know where else to go from there except that maybe create a bit more awareness about what these poor fuckers are going through. It is a bit of a contradiction when they are, you are right, when they're flying, flying 400 people up from Melbourne to Queensland to hold the AFL and they won't allow a family to go and see a dying parent. I mean, it is a huge contradiction. Um, and in addition to that, and I didn't know about, I heard about the gentleman past, you know, with cancer, but I didn't hear about the baby that had been turned away. Yeah, that was last week or the week before. They had to drive down towards Coffs Harbour, which is a six-hour drive. And it's more than a contradiction, mate. It's got to be... Criminal. It's got to be yeah. bordering on. We're in trouble, I think. What about the story of this person <coughs> who tried to incite some kind of demonstration and got arrested for inciting? Yeah, on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, that was Victoria. Yeah, so she tried to get people together to protest and cops knocked on the door and arrested her. She's pregnant. Wow. So, you know, and no one's allowed... So Andrews has banned all political protests but allowed the Black Lives Matter protest. And the, the political protest came about at the same time he was getting caught for the branch stacking and all that stuff, which is which is still the same time that the second wave in Victoria happened. The, the week after. The week, well, the week after the branch stacking, all this shit happened. So. Okay, but those are maybe the details, right? Those are mm. the details. So what about the big picture? What is it in the big picture? For example, for me, Daniel's doing this. Is there anyone from the Liberal Party standing up to this and saying what you're saying right now? Is there anyone saying, you can't do that shit? Is there anyone coming up and saying, if the philosophy is to reduce, there's better ways? It's not because you have failed totally before that now you have to go totally the opposite. When he got caught lying about the... Um curfew and that was only two days ago that that came out the, the most i've seen is they're on twitter the liberal mps are blowing up on twitter but it's not it's gone past denouncing someone in a in a tweet or denouncing someone in a press conference like i don't know what powers the federal government have surely someone has to actually step in and stop it like it can't be a i'm going to score political points by writing on twitter this is bad that's yeah. 
We are so past that. Has to go to the next point. Well, the, in well the, it's made it's 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 got to go to either the either the prime minister has to step in and the federal government has to stop it, or the people have got to rise, brother. Yeah, it's it's really gotten to that. He's got to step down, step aside, and yeah, let someone else through to sort of pick things off. Um, I think um, Morrison's lost a few brownie points with me and myself as well. He's initially was like, "Oh, Melbourne, we're all in this together. We're all in this together." Now he's throwing him under the bus. Now it is true that well, Daniel, he's ignoring him, mate. They have to throw him under the bus because he's ignoring. But this is when he should be stepping in. It's like you said. Is this when he should be stepping in and say, "Listen, guys, this it, it's enough. It's no use to stand there going, well, I don't see New South Wales or Sidney in lockdown, and we've got cases dropping, and we've got probably one of the best um, recovery rates and whatever else." He said, instead of just sit standing there talking, like you said, action. Oh. He needs to act, and he needs to start stepping and say, "Melbourne, get your shit together." Or he has. Uh, but yeah, but so is there? I don't know. I'm guessing there's no legislation where the federal government can actually intervene because yep. I think there has to be a, a, a physical intervention. Yeah, the time for talking is over. These yep. people are locked in the house and have just extended that by another two weeks. Yeah, and it's been now come out that they were locked under their in their house under false pretenses. But yeah, I don't. Oh, fuck, mate, I'm a bit lost on it because it, it's gone way beyond. Yes, but the the issue is this. The issue is, I believe, like everybody else, we do the same. We talk about it, and that stops there. No one has really taken the button to the street and walked all the way to Parliament with it. No one has done anything. A pregnant woman dies. Yeah, it's made the news. Did we move a finger, any one of us? We all need to take maybe responsibility for this. So for me, part of the big picture is very simple. As long as our life is not threatened and we still have a bit of food on the table, people do not move. Mm. And they know that. These politicians know that. And so we're sitting just like sheep. <laughs> we're just sitting just like sheep. Do you know sometimes I, I watch these movies about these Jews who by the thousands were walked to the, these prisons. They could have turned around, mate. These German soldiers with their machine gun, they, they could only kill a dozen each. Mm. But what about the other thousands that would just smash them to the ground? But no, they just walk like sheep. And I'm very sorry. We are a country where most of us just walk like sheep. One idiot that now has done deals with the Chinese behind back door that stops people in in the buildings and apartments that announce curfew because he likes it and lies about things can just get an entire day to say, okay, this is wrong. And then because we from New South Wales, we go, oh, well, have a look at what happened to them. And we say, that's bad for them. But we do nothing. Mm -hmm. That's why one guy can do this. But what if the entire bunch of parliamentarians stood up and went, no more of this guy, remove him. Mate, at least they're doing something. If you, I mean, take the human element out of it. I never thought, I know politics is a dirty game, but I never thought when it actually came to the edge of the line like it has, they'd choose politics over humanity, which is what appears to be happening in Queensland. So take the humanity out of it. The smart political play for whoever wants to be the next Premier of either state is to be the person who stands up and says enough. They'll be the next Prime Minister or the next Premier. The person who puts an end to this shit will win the hearts and minds of the same idiots who are letting this stuff go on. So even from a political standpoint, it's got to be the right play to stand up and stop it. There can't be. I think part of the problem is lack of awareness. I mean, the, the baby dying story was around for a day. I don't know how many people have seen the story from today. Today, The people who are jumping up and down loudest about it are on Sky News and unfortunately they lose a lot of credibility because they're so liberal-leaning. They're so yeah. far to that side of politics that even if what they're speaking is the truth, it doesn't get any further ground. You know, I feel a little bit bad because early on we hammered it really hard and we've gone a bit quiet on it on, face, on social media. I was very, very vocal early on and then I just got sick of trying to convert morons. Yep. Um, so I gave up, and then it's gotten to this this point, you know. And we've spoken about it before. Some of the smartest minds in the country are the most quiet because they probably feel like they're trying to talk to idiots, and it doesn't work. So maybe they don't want to sweat the small stuff. Maybe it's small stuff for them. Oh, it's, it's beyond small stuff now. Or maybe is it uh, out of selfishness? They've got too much at risk, yeah. too much on the line personally, and then therefore shutting up and waiting for how things are going to turn before you open your mouth. Right at the end, you come out looking good. Coming back to what you're saying about that time of the Nazis during the concentration camps, to have, like you said, you know, they may be able to kill, you know, a dozen or two dozen people when there's thousands of lives at risk. It's hard to find those dozen or two thousand and say, yeah, I'm going to put my life on the risks to save the thousand. Who's going to put their hand up? 
And it's the same when the smart people don't speak. What have they got to lose? Maybe they're thinking, well, if I do speak up, maybe there's a lot behind the scenes that we don't know that they'll lose. Whether it's a business well, owner. The, the, best ones, the best ones in the country aren't in politics, they're in business. I think Ronald Reagan, that's one of his famous quotes. And there would be a lot of that. If you're an absolute genius, you're not going into politics. You've got a multi-million dollar company that's... Right. Probably being fed by the Chinese at the moment, or fed. Elon by Musk will never be president. No, right. <laughs> no. So um, you probably there. There would be an element of of fear attached to the business side of things, yeah. but surely, even then, the amount of damage that business has taken throughout this whole thing, it, it should almost be a watershed moment. It should almost be a case of well. Business, our business is fucked anyway. We might as well go hard on yeah, everything. One businessman, businessman to stand up and say, "I've lost yeah. everything anyway." Well, yeah, I've lost. I'm down. Even you know, Qantas who's, who's lost everything and sacked yeah. everybody, or, or you don't. Your business doesn't have to be totally fucked, but I've lost fifty percent of revenue, which would destroy yeah. most big business. Uh, while we're here, we might as well have a go. But, you know, it's... on the big <laughs> business side of things, do you think that there's backdoor deals doing getting done or backhand deals getting done with think companies like Qantas or Telstra or whatever, saying you know you're standing off for these people as soon as as soon as things get better, the government will be there to give you tax breaks and whatever whatever else to help things get back up and running as long as you you know toe the line. No, well, they haven't. Well, I don't think so with Qantas because they've been given eight hundred million dollars by the government so far and they've sacked. I'd yeah, well, there you go. They've sacked nearly that's probably most half, of their half, workforce. Yeah, that's probably paid their executives. And, and out, not only sacked them, they've outsourced their jobs. Yeah, well. Right? So it wasn't that they couldn't, the jobs weren't there. It wasn't, they've, they've outsourced them to cheap labour. So if there was a backroom deal getting done there, it's yeah. backfired spectacularly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, mate. I just know that we're in trouble. That's, that's. We have become perfect sheep. As long as there's food on the table, people will not rise. You have a look at revolutions. You have a look at when people revolt. It's always been when people have had enough and they are losing their kids because they can't even feed them. That's the only time in this country that'll never happen. Yeah. You'll have a few guys that are going to, yeah, follow their heart. They're going to carry their flag. Even though I did not believe in uh, Black Lives Matter, I believe in All Lives Matter. And in this country, we, we don't have the problem in, in America they had. But at least some of these guys went out with their hearts on their sleeve and trying to defend the cause. But most of us, because we can feed our kids and we can still send them to good school, we're not going to move. Yeah. That, that's why they won't end the stimulus, mate. Like you thought the stimulus was going to end. Yeah. It, it'll, it won't end until they can cover it because once it does end, once those payments do stop, people do start starving and then all bets are off. Yeah, you know, so. yep, fair enough. Um yeah. Fair enough. So what more will it take for someone then within the government, someone to stand up and say and, and say enough's enough and act rather than talk? How, how far do we have to go then? Is it a... Well, I don't know what the powers are. So you can't just... I don't think... You'd just be running into Andrew's office and Palaszczuk's office and arresting them. That's what I'd be doing. I don't know what the laws... Like, what powers... What powers do the government have to control and how to control Premier? That's an... In, that's well, an maybe we need to look into that. I think that it will take a guy highly profiled. For example, the leader of the opposition. Really, if... I don't even know his name or her name. But he really should go out and incite a demonstration. 1.5 metre apart demonstration, please, so you can't be arrested. But he should incite that and bring out uh, to light everything that Andrew's lied and done about. Then there is an opportunity. And I'm going to lay down a challenge yeah, to okay, you, boys. Okay, all right. Challenges on. There you go. My health has got out of control. I've said on here before, I think it was only the last podcast, that the only way I can seem to get motivated is with a bit of competition. Okay. So I'm laying down the challenge to my okay. two compadres here. Well, we might have to start next that. week. Hang on, we might have to start next no, no, week because no. I didn't bring the scales. But for the next month, no, with the way it can be on. next week, but we can start for the away, next month. We're going to have a weight loss competition. No, no, you can't. Put no, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Right. And it's going to be based on the percentage of body weight, so not how many kilos, but how big a percentage that kilo is of your body weight so if i lose 20 and you lose 20 and you lose 20 yeah i'm gonna lose because i'm, I'm bigger to start with yeah, yeah. i understand how it works yeah lose two two the but no one month i don't think a month's long enough mate yeah to start with go on. all right because because i want the reward for winning right so one month all right the two losers split the bill at muse yeah i'm not interested I'm, I'm not in you are in no because big picture thinking 
Yeah. One month he's not going to do anything. Yeah, Let's start it's a twelve month. Like. One month I've seen people do weight loss for one month, and then it just goes back there. I think that we can have a different health, reward every month. To me, health is not a competition or a reward. Well. Health is about what you values, and whether you're alone doing it or not, it should be about you doing it. Thanks for your support, mate. Well no, done. I'm supporting <laughs> you. Listen, I will support you in this way. If next month you don't lose five kilos, we'll go to meals at your expense. <laughs> no. in, in that way, I'll support you. I no. will bring the scale. No. <laughs> Chris will read it. Could but you afford no. to lose some weight, Chris? Oh? 100%. Could you afford to lose some weight, Thomas? No. No, you can't afford it? No. My, my image uh, for the moment is... is Round. Uh, how are you going to be Buddha if you lose too much weight? My my friends my friends who call me the French Buddha would, would not be very happy. You know, the, the French Buddha can, is everybody knows French Buddha is a bit round. Rita Rita told me to get into shape, and I said, "Darling, round is a shape." <laughs> Chris rubbed his belly before, and two microphones jumped off the desk and killed himself. So. No, I think I think that I agree with you that maybe for your health you should do something to look after yourself. Yeah, no but, but you you're gonna have to take the courage and do it for yourself, man. Nah. The so he, he nah, competition. You need to motivate how, yourself. How important is Don't it for you, you to jump do off? It? I, mate, look, you've jumped off. You were in. You were in. I'm in. I'm still in, but I won't be over a month. I'll you tell you why. Who, well, Let we'll me go I, to Christmas and then he's not coming to Muse. Fuck him. I'll give you an understanding why. Yesterday I turned 49. I've got 12 months before my 50th birthday. Hey! Right? So half a century as from tomorrow. Mm. Right? As from uh, 12 months uh, yesterday. I've got 12 months to, to, to get into a shape that I'd be happy with. And I've got to lose minimum of 15 kilos. But I've been on the diets where I can lose 10 kilos in a month. And then I've done that many a time. I've lost four kilos in a week. The problem is the minute you stop that diet, you put that on plus yeah, four. Yeah, so we've got to re... Well, point, hang on, let me finish. Is, yeah. So doing it over a month is actually going to be a detriment to your body. So what I'm saying is long term. So I'm happy to sit here in 12 months time and, and have that bet with you and say, whoever's not done what they need to do in 12 months. It's too long, mate. Bill. And you know what ended up happening? You leave it for 11 months and the last month you kill yourself in the same way you would have if we did it for okay. a month to begin with. Okay. Well, but then that tells me... That health did not matter to you, that you no, did it for competition. I, I, I just admit it all, but then, do it for but competition. But that's, that's not health. Of, health is a matter of decisions that is about changing our lifestyle, values. Lifestyle, changing lifestyle. You're 100% right in what you're saying, mm. and it shouldn't stop after a month. Mm. But if we set too long a goal or too long a reward, it's just like um, in our businesses. You, you, make right. the, you make the goal How's too this? far away. No, no. We can do a check-in every month, but we have two rewards. We have a six-month reward and a 12-month reward. Mm. If you can't do it for six months, you shouldn't be doing it to start with. I've no chance of doing it for six months. <laughs> well, fuck off then. <laughs> Get a fucking Macca's on the way home. Yeah, I will. <laughs> After we've got gorged ourselves on beautiful cheese and um, dried meats. Thanks for your support, boys. Well the done. support's Thank there, you. brother. No, We're good. trying to make you see the right way. I'm no fitness guru. You're the fitness exactly. guru. You had a gym so training I people. Am I right or not? When we hire a new recruit, mate, how quickly do we need to get them a win? But the win can be done straight away by you. You don't need us. We're not going to damage our health for you. As that, as soon as that, as soon as that belt notch <laughs> goes one day, damage our health. I think he's scared. That backfired. See, we know that statement. I think you're scared. Is it like a little bit of a bait for an That's ego right, bite? Mate. That's okay. And it's not going to happen. That's all right, mate. I'm, ha I'm happy the to have the are. competition. Stay the way you are. I won't be staying the months. way I want. In 12 months, when I've lost the weight and you haven't, then you'll go, oh, Chris, right, maybe you were right. I'll have lost it and got ah. it back and lost it and got it back. <laughs> so um, you would have lost 400 kilos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well. That backfired spectacularly. No, I really listen, can. I'm going to go on to a weight loss. There's no problem. I'll, I'll go on to some kind of weight loss. There's, that's easy. The, the, the hardest thing is that unless my value of health, unless I value health much higher, it won't happen. Abdullah Shudari, who runs Wiseberry in Tambayambi, he had a health scare. He changed his entire habits. Not a drop of alcohol goes into him anymore. Right? It's been three years now. Why? Because he's had a shock, the values change, and you have to go on that. If you don't value yourself, health is not going to be what you look after. 
So if you got issues in your own head where you don't think you're worthy of it or you don't feel you you're good enough to be alive, well, yeah, health is going to be something that you may use as a weapon to shorten your life. Mm. So values is spot on, and it's funny that I've had a lot of thoughts about this lately. Coming up today, my birthday, and I said I, I do want to lose weight, but I'm never motivated. So I said I have to find a motivation, and everyone knows family for me is that most of importance. I had to now, what I'm doing in my head is linking my health to my family because I want to be there longer for them and be able to do more with my son who's playing now uh, footy and my daughter's dancing. I want to get more active for them as well. So I've changed those values to link them together to be able to say, yes, my family is my number one value. So now my health is going to be hand in hand with that value. I can tell by the four bits of bread on your napkin there, mate. Mate, it's good for you. That's fine. That's fine. But but only one's got cheese, mate. So at he, the moment, he's already time. valued health. <laughs> at the moment, there's salami on that one. There's he's already <laughs> valued health more than uh, than anything else, mate. So so do we now start bringing che- uh, fruit platters to the wine? No, no. Day? See, Thursdays was going to be my cheat day. I had it all planned out, mate. Thursdays was the cheat day. We load up again and go again for the next week. But it's all right. You bunch of pussies. Yes, but my my my. Listen, you look at you and you look at me. My value of health is still a bit higher than yours. <laughs> Prove it, mother. <laughs> I'll just enjoy my and, and then I thought, well, cheese. you know what? A weekend in the hunter and a, and, a, and a nice dinner at Muse would be would be great with the boys. But don't worry about it. Don't, it's all right. No, but I don't want to take the money of you. That's that's <laughs> yeah, a, that's my only thing. Percentage your body weight, mate. You imagine of after all the sacrifices and you still have to shout us like that, the weekend away <laughs> and Muse. No, no, it was but, the mate, two losers split the bill. Oh, two losers split the bill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, the so winner's got to get something I, and the other two... The I can't guy. join Chris to the losing party. Mm. You, you can't do this shit. <laughs> two losers split the bill. Do you know... So it's like these wines. We always have a winner and we always have a loser and the middle guy just gets off scot-free. Well, I thought about it. I had a long time to think on the way down. The two losers split the bill. That way... You started being the loser. Hey? You no, tried this is going all right. The lo- lonely loser. Someone so, said to me today, that's not your uh, Ralph Lauren shirt. She goes, why are you imitating your Ralph Lauren shirt? I said, I don't care whether it's Ralph Lauren or Big W. They all shrink when you put them in a dryer. You know, that's, <laughs> my, that's my excuse. You should jump in the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> you should fuck off. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks for your Yeah, the big picture, man. Yeah, that's that's you want to live we want to live longer for our for our families. We want to live longer to be able to do more. Um, but we, you know, living longer, in, and I saw it with, unfortunately, with my mum in a state where she couldn't move and enjoy life. And she had a stroke at 57, yeah? Um, and she had was a very big lady who had lost a lot of weight, but that had taken the toll on her body. So the big picture is wanting to take care of things now so we can be there in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, walk out daughters down the aisle at their weddings and, and enjoy our son's um, birth of his first child, be grandparents and so forth. My daughter won't be getting married, mate. Just throwing that out there right now. <laughs> What's the old saying? I've got a pretty daughter, a gun and an alibi. <laughs> She's got two older brothers too, so don't worry. So that is that is the big picture. Now there's the small picture. Yeah, is- but we all have different pictures. Like me, I don't want to live long. I don't want to live to 95 and then can't walk. Can't wipe my own butt. Well, what if you no, could? No, no, I don't want to. Well, what if I you were 95 and could do it? My priority is to live a good life. Well, what if you were 95 and you could do it? Yeah, okay. They could, but There's my no choice is to, that, still, mate, to still live a good that's life. That's true. I've but seen it. It doesn't matter. The fittest people in the world drop dead running along the road, oh. which is why running, I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous. Mate, my poor joints, the amount of weight I'm carrying at the moment, I even think of running my ankles cry. So don't do it, Ken. <laughs> so I don't. You know? the next birthday, maybe a wheelchair can help you save <laughs> those joints. <laughs> no, but seriously, so for me, Everyone's leading a good life, yeah. that's my big picture. So when it comes to sweating the small stuff, if I feel I need to lose a kilo or two now, yeah, I can do this. I also know at certain age, it's harder just to lose all that weight, you know. I asked your wife this morning where your parents were from, which part of Italy, and... Um, she told me uh, the the part that your father came from, uh, Lambruzzi? Abruzzi, yeah. Abruzzi, yeah. which is uh, the upper part of Rome, so the other side of the, uh, on the ocean on the other That's side. That's right, yes. directly opposite coast yes. of Rome. Yeah. Right. So facing the Adriatic Sea. Right. Then, yeah. 
And so I, 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 I started looking for a good bottle of wine then. And lo and behold, mate, you must have worked very hard to find that piece of shit that you brought <laughs> the other day because you, your, your area, that area, is not renowned for winemaking. No, it's not. Who would have thought that Chris Denola's genealogy oh, didn't have up. any good wine in it? They Who make a, lo- they make what, a what lot of wine, but there's no sort of specific wineries. What could have been the, you didn't have to send your DNA down for testing, mate. It was pretty Fuck fucking yeah, obvious. No. The, 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 the thing that uh, I... Uh, Found out thanks to your wife and and, and uh, is that your mum comes from Lockinva, which is near n- near Newcastle, which is near the Hunter Valley, which is <laughs> v- uh, actually yeah it's near the Hunter Valley yeah that's correct but Her it's farm it's more on. in the horse country yeah, than uh, yeah, Hunter yeah, Valley yeah. okay yeah. where your dad comes from Ambrudzi and hence your nickname is Skippy yeah right so I didn't know so so that was interesting to know. Anyway, this wine here that I got, guys, uh, ne, what is it? Nebbiolo, uh, Nebbiolo Langhi, <laughs> my Italian. You're going to spill it if you tip it over any further. However, it's come, uh, it's a Rivetto wine, comes from the uh, Lombard area. It's four generations. Wow. Right, so so let's have a look. This 2018, and you guys can tell me, I thought his birthday today, or yesterday, Already. I stuffed it up because I thought it was today. Uh, that tells you how much I look at the uh, Facebook. He doesn't look so at you, day. You're either in my diary or you're not in my diary. Then I don't know your birthday. Yeah, before right? tasting, it already looks lighter though. It does look light. Looks like looks like a almost looks like a pinot. I was, I was right, guys. Salute. So it should be bold. This wine. It's mm. nice, man. Hey, it's nice. It's nice. It's all right. It's light. It's not. I don't think it's got. It's not as bold as I thought it was going to be, but no, it's a bit. Um, it's nice. That's why nice. it had to be. Oh, I think that maybe it's a bit young. Mm. Very nice, but it's drinkable. So it's 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 alcohol <laughs> under fifty dollars, mate. Uh, yes, it is under fifty dollars. <laughs> he doesn't sound convincing, does he? Seriously, a little giggle in here. <laughs> it yeah. is. It is. No, no, it is. <laughs> as I told you already, whether it is because you bought it. Or I negotiated the price down. (laughs) In the end, it's how much you paid for it. I don't think it's as nice as a Chardonnay, mate. The second sip was already competitive. No, because you know what he admitted the other week? is the Pools Rock won, but we were too stupid and pissed to vote for it. So we gave him the win anyway because he was the last bottle. So now I'm trying to remember what that tastes like the whole (laughs) way through. Actually, it's not bad. It has uh, some good structure, you know, like for me. We will have to decide between the two of you who's going to be losing. So that's, there's no problem. You can try and put me down as much as you like. I'm not trying to put I, you down, mate. I have good. had I'm a wild card for a long, long time ago. You know what, I'm not, because I'm every single week you come up with like $12 bottles. Yeah, no good. wonder you can't I'm win. I'm going to come out of this competition because you know what? You need Cam. to win for yourself, Thomas. You need to no, buy no. a good one for Cam, your own. He goes, one of us are going to be the loser. He didn't say the other one will be the winner, though, because mm, nah. he has to be happy with second place. Yeah. Always in the middle. Right? The fence sitter. That's not bad. That's, That's not nice. Bad, That's nice. It's actually got a lot of legs in it, too. A lot of body. It's still there. I was saying before about the uh, big picture, small that. picture, and Sorry. the interview that he had with um, the young lady, the property manager. Tamika. Tamika. Tamika uh, from, from Tasmania. Uh, Tasmania. Right? Yep. Launceston. I hadn't got through the whole thing, but one thing I really picked up was not only her cultural. Uh, sort of alignment within a team. She said something that was amazing to me, and in thinking about it, it was a fantastic way she's doing it, is with her recruiting, how she gets all her staff to go through the resumes and short the list them to her before she sits down with the four or five people that she interviews. I think that's very good big picture, small picture thinking. Yeah. Big picture, let's get these st- out my staff members with a buy-in of who they want to work with, because really they can't come back to me after I've picked someone and say, well, I don't like that person. Well, you picked them, number one. And for another other reasons, they'll know who really on paper, they'll get a feel for who culturally is aligned. And then small picture, she still gets final say in the understanding of the shortlist. And her work is delegated a little bit because she's given that out. It's a very good yeah, idea. But for, for me, that interview is all about the All Blacks motto. Better people make better All Black. The... the I, and I think that a lot of people, a lot of real estate agencies talk about it, right? They yeah, they say the big picture is we want good people. Mate, 
the way they do certain things, the way that they behave with their stuff. It's showing anything but that. For me to have the privilege to sit down with Tamika and ask her questions, I was flabbergasted that it was possible really to see someone who's doing property management and just apply those rules. I mean, someone who's got the audacity to tell a, a, a landlord, I don't think that our philosophy will match. We don't believe that we can really be of service to you. No wonder this woman in the last five years or four years have built 500 property management. Unbelievable. The first month she was open, I think she said 34 managements in the first month or something. Very good. And days on market, 48 hours. Unreal. People don't get that and they, they break that. I was having a chat with, again, Abdullah, and he said, you know, Thomas, people sit down with you and they listen to you talk about a seminar. And you do three days of seminar and you talk about, right, this is how we should look after our people. If you look after your people, you should be able to just work less. All that you need to do is then therefore have a team with people who can do this, this and this for you, then you'll work less. And he said, mate, people don't listen to the whole three days. They listen to the bit they like. They heard about, right, if you have this guy and this guy and this guy working around you, you'll work less. They don't care about the rest that you said, which is pay your dues first, look after them, you know, invest into them, make sure that you do things to retain them. She, Tamika says that with her team, as soon as she gets to say she has her culture, every month was a team thing, whether it's a board game night or a barbecue. And then once a quarter, it's a out of the office thing. Let's go out for a, away for a weekend or whatever it is. Again, to what you preach to the uh, to the leaders is select who you have in your home, but you must have those dinners with the staff. You must connect with the staff. <laughs> and I think Abdullah does that very well. Oh, man. He, hence, he's got... His boys, kind of, boys will jump in front of a bullet for him, seriously. That reminds me of that line of Richard Branson, which says, train your people so they, they can leave. Yes, we should train our people so that they can go out there and do it for themselves and achieve their dream. Why we have them working for us so that they, they can actually learn and fly. And then he says, treat them well so they don't want to. Did you hear that the uh, Wisebury Group on the Central Coast, 131 sales in uh, seven days? Amazing uh, figures. Sorry, in, in the month of August. <laughs> 131. Yeah, yeah someone, amazing uh, figures. one of our competitors up there, triggered someone's ego because they, they bragged about doing 71 uh, sales for the month as a group on the coast. Big brand too. So someone's uh, someone got triggered and did the figures. <laughs> yeah, 131 we did. Which for, a, which for a boutique network, yep. it's pretty fucking... Amazing pr figures. Pretty amazing. special, mate. So. Amazing figures. It was interesting. The weekend actually was an interesting little social experiment because last week obviously the recession word got yep. mentioned. Yep. So they were the first open homes since the worst recession in history or whatever the fucking media is trying to spin us yep, at the we moment. We found it very quiet last weekend. And it, it, the numbers um, did drop off significantly, yep. but all it meant was instead of selling them on Saturday, we've done, I did a couple of deals yesterday and there's, there's people buying. Yeah, so, okay. Um, it'll be interesting to see. The two things that are... Obviously, in the market, and you're the same because you're in Sydney. They've come out and said Sydney's downturn by two percent last quarter. Which, yes, it's a downturn, but two percent off two million dollars is two bits of bugger all. Yep. So, and yep. then they they announced that at the same time they announced the recession. So, uh, a little bit quieter down that end of the world. So it's, this year's been a, a, for want of a better word, a clusterfuck. I mean, it's been a fairly strange year, I like right? That. You like that one? Good on you, Chris. Remember that He's one? Back. He's in. I love that, a good clusterfuck. Odd English shot, I don't know. One of the other one, my Clint Eastwood. But anyway, so you keeping your numbers up and your your listings going, how are you keeping that continuity going? Have you you doing anything out of the norm or are you just doing the basics? Share that with us. No. I looked last week actually at the figures and the, our year on year figures and we're we're ahead of we're ahead of where we were last year, numbers wise. And that's in sales. Um we've got quarter of the staff that we had this time last year too so we've greatly reduced staff but figures are, uh, are gotten better that you can't there's a couple of things that probably play into it with us you know we turned as as we've already spoken about we we three years old as a business and i think any business takes a little bit of time to to grow momentum and hit momentum and then keep momentum you can fall out of it just as quickly but so how much of it so is, brand placement you're talking about brand placement within carry on 
No, not so much, Kate. Just just getting into the run of things, mate. Like you spend a year, I think I spend a year just working as a salesperson and, and burning staff and doing all the, a lot of mistakes and a lot of lessons that you got to learn as you go along until you get to a point. And I know we're sort of moving on to a new topic, but it goes back to the old topic too. I said last week or the week before, there's, there's very little stress in my world at the moment, even given what's going on in the world. And that's from a work point of view because things do just seem to be flowing along nicely. Yes, they could be better, but they could be fucking and a whole lot worse. Did you have no stress in your life? No. I had work business-wise. <laughs> so I the short answer is, mate, I haven't done anything different. If anything, I've chilled I've chilled a whole lot more because the world is a clusterfuck, mate, and what will be will be, and that might be a, a shit way of looking at it, but I, I haven't... Um, I haven't done anything as far as I'm not working any harder. I'm not doing any more calls than we were doing. I'm hitting the things that, that we've always been good at doing the basics as far as calling people, finding if they're selling a house and then selling a house okay, for them. Okay, so That's would you say happening. you've kept your rhythm going by doing the basics? You, you've, you've kept that because that, those basics we've in never the system stopped working, would be the small stuff. We've never small stopped stuff. working. We've, we've never, ever stopped working. Yeah. Right? Even when things you know, got bad a couple of months ago, we didn't stop working. There's still challenges ahead and there's still challenges out there. Um, um, competition is fierce, especially the upper North Shore at the moment. Yeah. Well, okay, so competition's fierce. I just want to touch on that. What, what do you call competition fierce? Are they calling in like five agents yeah. rather than two and three? Uh, the agent, the agency going up against doing it for a far a fraction of the price of which you, you know, the con that you go in at? Yep, all of that. So in, on the, on the with the carry-on office, I very rarely go up against anybody and if I do, it's one person or two people. In the early stages in the Brower office, it was very similar. Um, that you'd either go up against nobody or maybe one, maybe two. Yeah. Probably 90% of the last lot of listing appointments I've gone out for have been against five. Stupid commissions, absolutely stupid. What's, what's, what are you calling stupid? Oh, I've heard, the lowest I've heard is 1.2. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're actually seeing below 1% now. Yeah, and I just you know I can't I can't play that game and I won't play that game. So yeah. it, 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 it's an interesting um, topic, the the fee topic about you know someone said to me the other day, think about how many listings you move you're losing because of your fee, and the, there's that element to it. And then there's the other element going, well, I'm not going to lower myself to that standard either. So competition fierce. If you go into every listing appointment, and you're up against five agents, and you are uh, there's a variance in almost two percent across the board in, in fees that people are charging, you have 100% got your work cut out for you. So, yeah, yeah interesting times, mate. Yeah. But for you to stay in that flow, so if, it, if the continuity of work, you, you sit sticking to the basics and you're getting the calls done, you're getting the drops done, you're doing the knocks and you, you're reaching out to so your warm leads. It's a system, leads. mate. We have a system for a reason. Yeah, okay. So do the system. We haven't had a good market as a business, mate. We opened in August 2017. The market was okay. Start of 2018, market crashed. That lasted a year and a half till May 2019. December 2019, worst bushfires in history. Bushfires got put out. Two months later, coronavirus. And in the middle of all that, especially with our Barrera office, was a hailstorm that completely destroyed three entire suburbs. So it's always been a case for us of just doing the system. We, we haven't known a good market as a business we, we really, this is probably the best market we've been in as a business, which is funny because we're, we're still in the middle of coronavirus. So how do you keep the continuity or, or your flow is doing what you're supposed to be doing anyway. Good good market or bad market, you still have to prospect, you still have to time manage, you still have to look after staff, you still have to set goals and targets. I think there is an element with us, though, of, put it this way, the phone's ringing a lot more for in, in the carry-on office especially. The phone's ringing a lot more for us to go out to places rather than us chasing. We're not chasing as hard in carry-on. We don't need to chase as hard okay. with that office as we did the first few years. We've hit a bit of momentum there. Mm. All right. Barrera is still very much a chase. Um, and I think, I'd, I mean, Thomas might be able to help me here because I don't know what the... There'll be a curve in a business where you hit momentum and it, it changes from sort of chase to attraction and all that sort of stuff. I don't know if there is a general time. I mean, three years seems about right. You, you're going to make up a lot of mistakes and early on. Um, yeah, but people don't call the eight offices that are in your neighbourhood. The good thing about Carrion is that there's two to choose from. Yes. And a lot of people now have got plenty of time because they're not travelling to work. It's COVID time. With COVID, they are... The, the penny is more precious to them now. So they really want to sit down and they what they do is that they swap that time. They spend that time into analysing really who they should go with. Mm. 
where before mum and dad's both working, we running to the city, we we coming back late at night, right, seeing one agent is it, we will call the agent we knew of. Now we got plenty of time to sit down with two, three, four agents. Yeah. And so the, the key now is not about knowing the negotiation skills so that you can close them on first go, but it is how to give them that proof value so that they, after three, four, five agents, they still say, man, that one there is still amazing. You have to dress the part. You, you Even if you just dress nice, I believe dress is the first part of, of sales. You, you got to have to look at yourself in the mirror. My, my first leader when I was 22 selling insurance, he said to me, Thomas, every time before you go out to a sales presentation, look at yourself in the mirror. If you are not willing to do business with that person in the mirror, go and get changed. And for me, it's very simple. You can't be 120 kilos and, and, and trying to have slim uh, shirt and then everything's coming out of the shirt and the shirt's tucked out and your shoes is like $20 shoes and you're going to two $3 million home yeah. because they're going to be looking at that. And the first thing without even, even having to put a some kind of judgment or justification logically their mind's going, no, he doesn't fit the picture or she doesn't fit the picture. I'm not talking about size. I'm talking about even if you were 120 kilos, you can dress like yeah. the winner. <laughs> so that when you walk in, that first part of the limbic brain in the customer goes, wow, he's successful. Then the rest is there. And you have to be now ready almost to be called back out of the fifth. That's part of the deal. Things are changing. It's COVID times changing a lot of things. It's changed. And it's, um, it's funny you mentioned that closing because I was... I built my career so far. I'm being able to close every time I've gone out, and to not be able to do it, it's a. So when you say not being able to do it, I mean, are you feeling it's not right, or they're telling you from the get go they're your number three, or? Oh, mate, there's a mixture of everything. Okay, but and we've got all the objection handling in the world for I want to think about it, or I'm going to see somebody else, or yeah. whatever. But there's no knocking them off that perch at the moment that yeah. I've found. They are going to see the other agents. Yeah. A lot of the training we're doing at the moment, the staff is things that, you know, making sure you're the last agent because those people are going to see five agents regardless. So be the last. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to increase our odds. If we're going to go in there, Thomas's point, I'm world famous for not being the best dressed in the world. So if I'm going to go in there not the best dressed <laughs> with a higher commission, I better be fucking last. Because Fortunately for I'm, us, people wanting to interview a lot of agents mm -hmm. is the norm in our area. There is no trust already beginning in your area. Oh, you're probably right there. And, we, and we're walking in, and if we're first or second, I'm training the agents, if you can't close, rebook. But there's a change in mindset that goes with that, and I know a friend of the podcast, Mr. Panos, has spoken about it um, a couple of times. It's the, the always be closing bit. That mentality's got to change. A, B, C. You, you do yeah, have you to can't. be willing and yep. able to, to realise that now is not the time to close. I still can't bring myself to leave a house without asking for the business. I still. I think you're a fool if you don't. But um, yeah. where, where I used to not leave, you know, Thomas has said before, I'll sleep on your couch until you make up your mind that that heavy-handedness at the moment is not the go. So there's a lot of change going on and I'm, I'm trying to retrain myself almost at the moment, just trying yeah. to work out the best plan of attack. So um, always, instead of always be closing, you should move to always be cool. And uh, it's, it's going to have to be that way. You know? And uh, not show them that you're really yeah, yeah. Uh, calling. Yeah. Yeah? Always be connecting. ABC, oh, well, always be nice connecting. Yeah. Right, what about the third bottle, third man? We're we not camels here. This, um, this is actually a, from somewhere we don't often <laughs> get our wines from. It's from Mudgy. It's um, <laughs> from Banamagu. Banamagu Estate. Uh, it's at Capsav, 2014 Capsav. This uh, winery started in 1992. Uh, they've had a, a winemaker there, David, since 2002. And um, um, this wine was bottled. These guys have lost a plot for some reason. This was uh, in the casks for about between 10 to 15 years, this uh, this vintage. In the car garage for the 10 car to 15 years. years. Is it in the garage? <laughs> it's in the garage. Body tour you can tell already. Right, mate, that's why it's the last bottle. It looks like the winner you, to you me. You can tell by the red, man. You can tell by the colour. Look at that. That's what I said. Yeah. And the um, beautiful cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. cheers, boys. Happy birthday again, young man. Thanks. Thanks, boys. Thanks. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Oh, that's good. That's good. Here's one. Calm down. No, hang Here's on. one. Hang on. I probably will not say that either, but uh, Chris, <laughs> <laughs> Chris is why he's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, fucking. <laughs> it's better than yours. I think mine was better than yours too. No, I think this one is really the winner. I love you both, but I have to say the white beat your red. 
Hey, na na. And it comes in Italian too, mate. So my apologies, mate. You're hurting my feelings. I'm sorry, but I can tell you one thing. Love that hurts, was your birthday rent was way more expensive than his. <laughs> so it, that, it probably hurt, young, probably it, need to be in there. It hurt my feelings because now I really know you're not even Italian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do a bit of soul searching. Still searching. Yeah, I had to know. Uh, well, it was research. I had to do a bit of research <laughs> for a referral in, in Roseberry, Denola, and I know that's oh Roseberry. Right. Yeah, I, don't, I actually can get your referral there, and you get twenty percent. My godfather started a real estate agent um, when he was like when I was very. 30. I gave it to Henmel, but I did some research, mate. The amount of unit sales that are That's in huge. that place. AJ Duffy Real Estate. I've never seen anything way. like it. Godfather. Yeah. For us, huge. I'm in suburbs where there's 50 sales a year. This was 50 sales last week. All of it. Well, on the market, mate, it's huge. A lot of people. Are you seeing? I don't know what Bankstown too much. Bankstown five very or six hundred a, mu- a year. Five or six hundred sales a year. So it's very dense there. You've seen a lot of people getting the hell out of Dodge because of all this virus no. stuff. No. Because a lot of people are moving up our way because they don't want to be around Sydney anymore. It's interesting. They've always done it for value for money or a tree change, but now it's like we don't want to live there. It'll be interesting to see what um, the cities end up looking like because, uh, you know, we, I think we've mentioned before, if you are the owner of a business and you're paying, I don't, what's an office building in the city worth to rent a year? Fifty-two grand. I know. In a city, which hang on, in a train station. Give me a a three-level lawyer's office or or come on, man, stop it. It it all depends. Do you have the have harbour view? Because you'll probably be paying. I know it all depends, right? So why would anyone in their right mind, if we've just proven that staff can be as productive, if not more productive, from home, why would anyone pay a million dollars a year lease on a building in the city, moving forward? I think commercial real estate is going to run into massive issues in the in the in the cities, especially because of the way that things are being done now. We're all yeah, we're all the investors here, business people. Would you be leasing, a, buying a commercial property in the city at the moment? Yeah, I would. Oh, that's good. I always believe in that line from Kerry Packer: "When the competition zig, you must zag." Because here's the thing: the city must go cheaper. The city, there are so many people struggling and suffering that they would want to reduce their rent so that some that their building is not empty. A lot of the buildings aren't empty. A lot of the buildings um, are still being leased, but people are still working from home. My sister works for Accenture and my brother-in-law works for NRMA. They, they've got no return date to work because all these 1.5 restrictions, try and get you know 1,000 people into a commercial building with three elevators, trying to stay 1.5 metres apart. They're just the logistics of it is... That, that don't work. So your lease comes up for renewal, though, because, I mean, this has all happened during people's leases. Sure. Your lease comes up for renewal on your office space. Your landlord's saying, well, well, the CPI increase, you're going up 3.5%. What do you do? Yeah, well, that's, I think that's going to depend on a lot of things, man. It's, it's, I think but it's I know, look, I've, I've looked into, like, um, shop fronts recently, um, and rents, rents aren't cheap, and we're talking about uh, around train stations and so forth. And for 50, 60 square metre shop fronts, they're looking for at, you know, 50 to 60 to 70 grand per annum. Um, and this is a starting point. Um, and that's quite a common sort of price structure. What, what are you paying for your little shop that you've got there in there? Uh, one's 40-ish and one's 30-ish. There you go. They're bigger than 60 square metres. But where, I mean, ours are small enough that you'd, you'd still have it there i'm talking about bigger offices where you've worked out if all you need is a sign above a door and a receptionist and you don't need your staff in the office why would you have a 150 yeah. 200 square meter but my question was going further was how many are vacant at the moment in your area well none but my area is not a good example because there's bugger all but i'm not saying there's a lot of vacant anywhere no, no. So, but we haven't, mate. We're still in the middle of this thing. This like is, I'm this saying, this is true so, too. Yeah, this so is true too. So, one, we're still in the middle of this thing, and the full effect of business hasn't been felt. Probably yeah. in Victoria. How many vacant in Victoria? Do you reckon? Well, I hope, because they're under lockdown. Yeah. What I'm saying is, like, we've got one office space that's up for renewal next year. Decision to be made. Yeah. And that, and that's what I'm talking about. When people get to the end of their leases, they've sent all their stuff home, and that's been since March. People haven't returned to work. Just yeah. about every listing appointment I go to now, the people are working from home. Yeah, and rent is one of the biggest expenses. Rent and um, 
staff yeah. are your two biggest expenses as a business. Yeah. My personal prediction is commercial real estate is going to take a massive hit in cities. Yeah. In cities. You know, I listen to a lot of American podcasts and they talk about New York. New York is a fucking ghost town at the moment. It's gone and they don't think it'll ever come back because people have fleed. They're all moving to Texas apparently. Americans are very transient that way though. They, they will settle somewhere for a few years. A job comes up the other side well, of the Well, LA's dying too. They take off. And yeah, New York's dead, not because of the, what was your mate's name? Cuomo. Love it, Because of all the crime and the, and the like, it's just been ransacked to within an inch of its life. Los Angeles, from what I understand, has a Daniel Andrews or Palaszczuk running it. Right. Um, and he's com- they've completely fucked it. So they're getting the hell out of Dodge too. And LA and New York are probably the two biggest cities in the... Um, yeah. In the country, and you know, all those shows you, you think about, all those million dollar listing shows are either in Los Angeles or New York, and you th- and you see the prices that properties are selling for, and the yeah, no, interesting. And I just think the same thing to a lesser extent, commercial real estate in Melbourne. How's that going? I saw something on the news recently about the the, the shops that are either up for lease or businesses running into difficulty, and again, like you said earlier, it was again, you know. Media fueled, so you can't. You've got to read sort of between the lines, and um, yeah, be curious to find out just exactly what's happening. What TL saying though is, you find a, you find someone who, because of everything that's going on, is going to lease it to you for a thousand bucks a month, and you sign a ten year lease with an option <laughs> in your favour, and because eventually something it's going to come back at some point because we're idiots and we forget. Yeah, we've already proven we've got a shot memory. We've already proven that three times during this whole thing. We we hoarded toilet short. paper twice, mate. So yeah. we're clearly fucking morons. Um, so yeah, find a lease, uh, uh, find a cheap lease, and lock it in for a hundred years. The old ninety-nine year lease might come back, mate, for a hundred bucks a week. <laughs> or you're going to be able to buy cheap. You know, timing's a wonderful thing, and everything works out. But our office space in Carrong sold six months before we opened, and he bought it for five hundred thousand dollars, and we're paying. Forty six hundred dollars a month. That bloke is making a good return. And if we had if we had been doing what we were doing six months earlier, you would have bought the fucking thing because commercial real estate runs a little bit differently. You need, I think, it's a twenty or thirty percent deposit to buy and so forth. So it does their finance runs a little bit differently, but the numbers still stack up. If you've got that, you know, that deposit, that hundred and fifty grand to buy that five hundred thousand dollar asset, absolutely jump in and buy it, cash in, all in. Yeah, but that was the case. Great return six months ago. Is it the case now? Do you are you jumping in to buy a commercial space given the high likelihood of a long vacancy? Oh, again, again, we come back to what we said before about I think people have got short memories, and I always say people have short memories. When is big picture to a detriment to self? Yeah, that's a good question. Is there any such thing as thinking too much big picture? I, I think so. If you if it's for neglect of the things in life that truly matter, for the strive of, uh, I won't say success, but the, for sort of the strive of a wealth, of building a business to the detriment of family. Perfect example, uh, just to memory, it would be Steve Jobs. He was big picture, um, pushing his business, pushing his business, pushing his business, made a an absolutely world-changing business. And let's be honest, Apple is the world-changing industry. Yeah. He, on his deathbed, he said, I can't pay anyone to take my cancer away and I, I regret not having the family there beside me on my deathbed. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, big picture can be to the detriment. You need to be able, what's for one of that old phrase, stop and smell the roses. I can't talk because it's me at the moment. Yes, but but you look, this, I think there's a time in life where we need to be big picture. Mm-hmm. I think absolutely there's a time in life we need to be big picture. We need to be pushing. We need to be striving. We need to have have the engine running at full steam. But but during that period, you need to be able to step off the machine for occasionally and enjoy things and then jump back on. Yeah. I've been reading a lot about uh, Richard Branson lately and one of his best lines for me is, if someone comes to you and offers you something that you're scared of, just uh, such a great opportunity, just grab it. And learn as fast as you can. I can tell Richard Branson is a man of big picture. What he's saying is if a big picture comes and is great, grab it, jump, don't be scared. And then look after the small stuff as you go. You can yeah. sweat it then. So to me, yes, sweating the small stuff goes hand in hand with the big picture. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes like when you take a photo, you have to be able to zoom in and zoom out so that you can see what is it that you want to focus on in that photo and is that clear and then zoom out so you can see am i having everybody else in the picture you know 
So you have to do, I think, both of them at the same time. But when do you think is sweating the small stuff maybe negative? And just briefly thinking about this is, I think sometimes all of us have a habit of being a little bit controlling when we need to be able to entrust the people that we've delegated to, to be able to do it themselves. But we still don't let go. We still don't have that full belief in that person that we give that delegation to. You're paying someone to do it and then you're stealing your own time overseeing and double checking their work for what reason. Yeah, okay. So control freaks usually are so, they sweat the small stuff. They actually waste their time into all those small stuff that they don't have the time to see the big picture. And then by the time they look at the big picture, they're heading totally in totally different direction. Small stuff would be sweating. Sweating small stuff is fall into the category of worrying about things that are outside your control. There's a good point. Yeah. If you can't control the situation and honestly can't control the situation, because there's a lot of people say, oh, I can't do anything about that, but can, but... If it's honestly something outside of your control, then there's absolutely no point sweating it. That's a good point. And the big picture is what is in my control and what can I do to change? Uh, Yeah, but I don't know. I disagree, mate. The small stuff can sometimes be in under your control. No, I'm not saying it can't. I'm saying, but look, my kids have just gone through practice ICASs with Rita. Rita went and bought. I cast tests and she went and bought them. You know what, whether that was the the right thing or the wrong thing, whether you believe in giving the kids practice tests or not, that's not the issue. The issue is Rita went and did it and then she sat down with the kids and went through with the kids and said, rightio, what, you know, where did you go well? Where did you go wrong? There was no need for me to step in there and do the same thing with them. I was like, mum's got it covered. Mum's doing it well. When you go with your ICAST, just understand the, the tips that your mum giving me to do practice tests and do your best. I don't see that as big or small, man. I, I see it as... She can be the bad cop, I'll be a good cop. (laughs) (laughs) You pussy. I'm coming back to you for a second. If it's a small thing that you're sweating and you can control it, then change it and stop sweating about it. What I'm saying is... That is correct. Yeah, right. So So I'm not just... We're we're saying the same thing, but I think if you can't control it and you're worrying about it, then you are sweating... It's it's a small thing because you are sweating the small stuff because here's something I can't do anything about and I'm going to lose sleep about it and I'm going to do whatever. And you probably turn it into... Because it's a, if you're sweating the small stuff, you don't think it's small. You think it's big. Not necessarily, but some people sweat the small stuff because they think it's important that they do it because they don't believe anybody else can do it. The problem they don't understand is that there's a certain amount of time. And in life, it's not money that you spend, it's time. So if you spend time into the small stuff, that's less time into the big stuff. Sometimes not seeing the big picture at the right time, you miss the door. But we're still, we're still having defined big and small for people. I think I think if, you hit it before. If you're, Cam, on, if you're panicking about something, you obviously think it's big. Whereas we, well, I might look at it and go, you "No, know, we're talking big picture, mate. It's not big in terms of important to you. Big importance or big picture is not the same." Yeah, okay. Pictures, sorry, pictures, but I, still I the same you, thing, though. I, I think you hit it before. Everyone's perspective will be different. For me, small picture, which is very important to me, is playing chess with Sebastian. That's very important, but it's small picture. Because my connection with my son at that time, I can't get a lot better than that. But how is that small picture? Because because it's an activity like doing chess, where the big picture for Chris is I need to have connection with my son because I want him, when he's an adult, in his adult life, to always be able to get back to dad as his friend or his best mate. And that is the big picture. So, yes, he's going to have to do things like I'm going to take him to sport. But a big picture for me would be working out the next family holiday. That's still a small picture because the big picture, I can tell, the big picture with you is your family means everything and you want to find every ways to connect with your family. Yeah, yeah. Here is my thing to go back to sometimes a disadvantage. Sometimes that total focus on the big picture gets you to totally uh, forego the bigger picture of your life. That's true too. Right, so some people, for example, they try to focus on that and make it it's so big in them that they the rest of their life becomes so menial, so small. And then what happens? And it has happened to me. You you wake up one day and then you blame actually your children Adverse because to risk. Yeah. because they are they they have taken your time away from that big picture that you should have taken, like that that big business you should have undertaken, you know? All of these things happen, right? So sometimes the big picture is also where you focus. Now we're talking about focus. Where is it you're focusing on? Because is that the big picture or is that what seems to be important to you? Good point, good point. Small picture in the negative. We've just come through a time where business leaders had to make decisions on staff based on what was happening at the time. 
how many do we know that forgot the big picture when they were doing that? You know, I'll, I'll say something about small picture and big picture. Yeah. We'll take us back to a, a podcast that – and we had a conversation. I was having a bad day, yeah? You called me, you called him, and he called me, and rah, rah. I was having and a bad time. called each other. It was the beginning of uh, COVID, yeah? And that was negative small picture thinking that I was going through that day. I think that we need to just be mindful and just wanting to say this out loud. Today is Are You Okay Day. You know that, right? Yeah. It's a rock day. Uh, there you go. Rock. So big picture or small picture, if you need help or if you you know someone that needs help, don't be scared either to reach out or to go and connect with someone that you think might just need that little bit extra. I believe in Are You Okay Day being every day of the year. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But you I think what? we need to be able to remind people. I truly believe that when you have... A, are you okay days, one day of the year? It's like celebrating Mother's Day one day of the year. <laughs> I believe that Mother's Day should be celebrated every single damn day. Our society, we are celebrating the one-day celebration of something that is so important. Yeah. If we call ourselves different in the way we care, are we calling each day someone who may be in need uh. of company help, companionship? support, care, or do we do it for the publicity? 100%. I agree 100% with Thomas. Well, we, we use know these that days to virtue signal. Yeah. Absolutely. The amount of people who will not have rung someone today but will have made a Facebook post that says, are you okay? Or yeah. hang on, just let me answer you. No, I feel like killing myself. What the fuck are you thinking is yeah. going to be achieved by that? Pick up the phone That's why someone. I said reach out to someone. If you know someone or yeah, if you feel a, that you uh, need that help, reach a, out to someone. Again... Agreeing with TA, TL, that's a daily fucking exercise. Absolutely, man. Not, Absolutely. Look, I, I've been a huge advocate for mental health and I've supported a lot of the, the Black Dog Institute stuff and donated a lot of money to them. I think there needs to be more done about it and I think it's a shame that just about every fundraiser that known to me and goes to cancer treatment and very little goes to mental health. And, and But for people to think their job's done by writing are you okay on their facebook status i think you're fucking kidding yourself it's mm, true and we we perpetuate that by creating these days today is are you okay day and and sunday was father's day and then i don't know when mother's day is because it's every day hey thomas <laughs> and <laughs> you know we, we perpetuate that shit but we let that take over the fact of just being a decent fucking human being and checking yeah. in on people yeah, from time to time really. mate. i'm good you good I'm good. <laughs> Thank you, you very can. much for today, boys. Thanks, boys. Talk to you soon. Awesome, Chief. Thanks, Chief.